We're going to go by this. Oh, looky here. Chrysalin. Man, she she is. Now, these two young ladies are special. I just want you to know that. These two young ladies are special. I've never pastored a church this long. Six and a half years I've been your pastor. And I remember when Chrysalin showed up at church in kids' church. Kids' church. She's not supposed to graduate. But I've watched her grow. Go to that next picture. I don't even know what's up there. Oh, there's her and her friend. We're going to talk about her friend here in a little bit. There she is, ministering. See, that's the thing I like about Chrysalin. She doesn't just go. She does. She's a leader. She doesn't like that phrase. She doesn't trust her own abilities sometimes. But she's a leader. She's been a light. I've seen Chrysalin when she was mad. I've seen her when she was sad. I've seen her cry. But the most of the time that I see Chrysalis, she's got a big old smile on her face. Her friend's saying no. Most time I see I don't know what that means about you, Jennifer, but every time I see her, she's smiling. I, I don't know. But um but she has been a light. She's a light to this church, to this youth group. I know she's a light in her home, to her family. She's a light in her school. Has she always been perfect? Nope. But if any, (laughs) mama's going, not hardly. But if any of you have been perfect, then, you know, you can have something to say about that. But the thing I appreciate about Crystal is she never gives up. She never stops. Crystal, I want you to come up here. Dwayne and JB, if you'll come up. You can stay right down here. Oh, there's another picture. Oh, I was told there's another picture. Oh, boy. Lucky there. That's that's her with Chloe. All right. Dwayne and JB have a gift for you. All right. This young lady. These two young ladies are very important to me. Both of these are. Jennifer is, um, she's a shy-ish. Ish. I'm going to talk about ish in a little bit. She's a shy-ish young girl that came to our church five years ago, four years ago. Same, well, about the same time, okay. Again, as a kid. And she didn't talk for a long time. And then once you got her talking, you can't get her to stop. Uh, Mama's shaking her head yes back there. Uh, go on to the next picture. There's, there, oh, look at that all. Prommed out, homecoming, whatever dance that was. Go on another one. 
Oh, there for a second I thought, great, we got pictures of her and Chrislyn vandalizing property. That's, that's... <laughs> well, forget everything I was going to say about them. <laughs> Jennifer is a reading machine. She reads, I, I don't know how many books she reads, but she reads a lot. And I remember a couple of years ago, she was always had a book in her hand. Every time I walked by, I'd look at the book and go, why are you reading that? And she'd go, <laughs> so I made a deal with her. I said, for every book that you read, read a book in the Bible. And I told her that if she would read the Bible between youth camps, that I personally would pay her way to youth camp the next year. She would send me text messages, sometimes two or three a day, at how many books that she had read in the Bible. She had all of her Bible books read, I think, a month and a half, two months before camp. In about 10 months, she read the entire Bible, cover to cover. Every once in a while, I ask her, have you read in the Bible lately? And she gives me that little... <laughs> I tell you what, if you'll read the Bible again, your mother will pay your way to college. <laughs> Just kidding. But Jennifer started helping with the slides and the computer. And I'm going to tell you, Cody can hold on once in a while. But Jennifer is why our services look the way they look. She puts most of the backgrounds together. I don't even know if I know how to do it anymore. I just call her and say, Jennifer, get this done. I think she put some of these pictures in for her own graduation thing. I think she did a couple of them herself. She has a heart. She has a call. Both of these young ladies have a call. They both have calls that scare them. She is scared by her call, but God is going to use her. She's not staying completely local. She ain't going a long ways off at first. She is, uh, she's going to Central Methodist University um, uh, next year, and then the plan is the next year or the next, she's going to Florida, uh, to a school in Florida to discover, to, discover, to study Marine biology, if I remember correctly. She's smart. She's scary smart. But she is a servant. I don't know that I've ever asked Jennifer to do anything that she didn't say, okay. Sometimes she goes, okay. But she always does it. And, and that, is, that is a blessing. I've often said, there's a few people in this church that if I could duplicate them, Rick and Mary, Jennifer and her mother, they're just doers. They just do. Even, even when they don't want to, they just do. Man, we had a church full of them. We had had a church full because ministry would always be happening. Jennifer, I want you to come up here. Dwayne and Jay Bay have a gift for her. 
Now you get to go stand in the corner. Stand. Stand up. Really, I'm not, I'm not doing much with them. I just want them to stand in front of everybody for a while. And, um, but we have another senior that's not able to be here today. Uh, she's working. Um, but we got some pictures, and that's Haley Joe. Haley Joe is another one of those. She, they came to our church three years ago, four years ago. And when they walked in the church, I, I, I get a Facebook message from Laura saying, hey, we're going to come visit your church. I'm like, great, come on. And she goes, there's like 75 of us. I'm like, come on. <laughs> and when they walked in, they filled up a whole section. Matter of fact, one point I had to change the way I set up chairs just so their whole family could sit on one row instead of two. But, um, but they have been, again, such a powerful family. Haley Joe has a outward, outgoing, shy spirit. She's not, I would never call her shy, but she's not the type that's going to jump up in your face either. Uh, maybe if she's mad, maybe if she's mad, but, um, she, she has an ability. She sang on our praise team. She, she's willing to do ministry. Let me tell you something about our graduating class this year. We have a graduating class that, that, that makes Dwayne and Jay Bay sad because they're doers, they're workers, they're involved. Every every graduate, graduate, every graduate, Haley, Joe, Jennifer, Chrysalin, they've all sang on praise teams, they've done slides, they've done ministry, they've worked in the church. They're not waiting to work in the church, they have worked in the church. And, and um, Haley, Joe is, is no exception, she has been a leader in that youth group, she is, she is led in worship. In the, in the sanctuary, some of the greatest testimonies that have come out of Winterfest have come from these three young ladies. And uh, Haley Joe's not able to be here today. She's working, but she's special. She is, she is, a, she is a special gift from God. And, uh, Laura, I want you to pass on to her how much we love her and how much we appreciate her and uh, how much we miss her. I know she's been working a lot, and we miss her. And uh, and look forward to seeing her again real soon. Then we have one more graduate. This graduate doesn't even know what that term means. Um, Kelsey is is um, talent beyond measure. She's very 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 smart. You're not going to get a whole lot of conversation out of her. And when you do, it's like, she's close. She's close. That or I intimidate her one. I don't know. I get a lot of, uh, but um, maybe she just doesn't like me. I don't know. But but uh, she um, she is graduating from college. She has already graduated from college. Uh, uh, with a degree in music. She uh, has um, already been a part of the St. Joe Philharmonic, and uh, she has incredible talent. She is, she is our co-worship leader right now. 
her and Amy, uh, lead our worship. She has been, um, she has been a pleasure. She came to our church about nine months ago. Uh, she started MIP. Not only has she graduated, just graduated college, but two weeks from now, her and Brian as well uh, will be graduating from the MIP in, in Cleveland, Tennessee. And uh, she, in the midst of going through all of her college stuff, she also is, has uh, continued to work on her ministry. She is a dynamic preacher, singer. She's going to be going to Nashville to, what's the name of the school? I done forgot. Belmont to work on her master's. And uh, I don't know, I think maybe a musician may have some other, some ulterior motives, motives for going to Nashville. I don't know. There may be some other ideas there uh, to, uh, to, to be a part of some recording and, and, and the mu- music industry. Her life is, is going to be part of, of not just music, but ministry of music. And I'm going to ask Amy to come. She didn't know I was going to do this. I'm going to ask Amy to come up here. And we've got a gift for, for Kelsey. And I'm going to ask Amy if she would present that to her. And um, I tell you what, these two have just jumped in together and worked side by side. And uh, we be- I believe that this is a young lady we're going to hear about. Uh, I believe that, that we are going to hear about her. And we're all going to go, <laughs> we knew her. And uh, uh, I believe at some point I may be calling her and say, hey, can you get me tickets to your show? And you better. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, just, I just know that God's got some great things in store for her, not just, and not just commercially. I believe God's got some great things for her in store for her ministry-wise. And so we've got a gift for you, and we wanted to share that with you. All right, ladies, I want you to come out. We got one more. Okay. Oh. Winning-ish. I'm going to be going into a series that is going to start today, and we're going to continue next week and then come back uh, Memorial Day weekend uh, with uh, sermons about ish. Uh, Ish is a scary thing. But I want to talk to our graduates about winning-ish. Now, lest the rest of you just want to go to sleep, uh, this will affect you as well, so pay attention. Uh, But I want you to open your Bibles with me, if you will, to Genesis. Amen. Genesis chapter 32. I'm going to just read four verses, five verses of Scripture, verse 24 through 28. Very familiar story. Reading from the New King James Version of the Bible, it says, Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go for day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God 
and with men and have prevailed. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come to you right now, and Lord, we thank you for your power. We thank you for your anointing, for your mercy, and for your grace. And Lord, I ask that you would send your victory and send your, your strength on this service. And Lord Jesus, help us to walk in your victory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Ish. Ish is an interesting suffix. When you put ish on the end of a word, it means kind of, sort of, basically. If I'm going to have dinner, if Beth and I are going to have dinner with Dwayne and J-Bay, we learned many years ago that we say we're going to have dinner at six-ish because Dwayne and J-Bay are going to be there about 6.30-ish. Uh, uh, you know, anything, you know, a little before, a little after that time is an ish time. Sometimes we live our lives full of ish. We want to be Christian-ish. We want to lean toward what's right, but we don't want to have to worry about getting it all right. We want to be committed-ish. That means that we want to be committed and we want to be right unless we don't want to. And so this idea that I want to talk about for the next few weeks, next week with Mother's Day, I'm going to be preaching a sermon, and I haven't decided which one it is yet. Uh, it's going to be the same sermon, whichever title I use. It's either going to be uh, providing-ish or trusting-ish. Uh, we're going to be talking to the mothers next week about what it really means to provide for your kids. Ish. And, and, and so as I begin to think about this idea, I begin to think of what would I want to tell my graduates? I, what do I want to share with them about life? And I wanted to talk to them about winning. Ish. Sort of. Winning. See, our problem is we struggle with this idea of winning because we don't really know what winning looks like. To next Sunday afternoon, winning is going to look like a piece of paper in a black folder. That's actually usually blank. Usually you, you don't get it till you turn everything in. I was so disappointed last year when Michael walked across and got an empty folder. I thought, oh, Lord, here we go. I knew it was going to happen sooner or later. And, but that's what winning is going to look like. But I got some bad news for you. Two weeks from now, winning's not going to look like a piece of paper in a folder anymore. A year from now, or four months from now, when you're starting classes in college, you're going to forget all about that piece of paper from high school. When you're having to go to work every day, you're going to forget about that piece of paper. When you got to put up with a bad boss, come on, ain't nobody ever had a bad boss? When, yeah, you can ask Kelsey, 
all of a sudden the win of that one piece of paper comes into a pursuit for another piece of paper. That turns into a pursuit for another piece of paper. It turns into a pursuit for another piece of paper and a title. And and and, and all of a sudden it just it's it's just always out there. I was talking to Michael this week. Michael was in this place last year. And 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 I was talking to him and and he was telling me how that you know, he's going to graduate, and then he wants to go overseas and pursue his MBA and maybe uh, in a couple of different areas, marketing and management both, and, and he wants to pursue his doctorate. And I'm like, well, son, I'm only paying for two years. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you can pursue all you want, but I'm quitting after at some point. <laughs> You're on your own. And, and, but already, where last year, Michael just wanted that piece of paper. He just wanted that. That was winning. It soon become winning-ish. It soon become a step to the next thing. This story that I read in the Bible is about a man named Jacob. And Jacob finds himself alone. And we're going to sort of backtrack and get to where he's at. We're going to go through this story. But he finds himself alone and wrestling with, an angel, with the angel of the Lord. Wrestling with Christ. And in this wrestling match, the angel sees that he's not giving up. So he reaches out and he touches Jacob's hip, puts it out of socket, and Jacob starts limping. Looked like me getting up in the morning. And... And then the angel says something absolutely unreal to me. The angel says in verse 28, And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Now this is why that is so amazing to me. He had not won anything. He didn't win that fight. He come out doing this. The angel of the Lord walked away victorious, but he proclaimed Israel as the winner. This week, had an opportunity through Audible Books to listen to a book. And I listened to an entire book on Friday as I drove. And I listened to a book called Win From Within by John Gray. Highly recommend it if any of you looking for a book to read, great book. And he follows through the story of Jacob, and he gets to this point, and he talked about how that Jacob had not won anything, but God made him a winner-ish. He didn't use those terms, I did. As I'm hearing them go, oh, I know what I'm telling the seniors. He, the angel of the Lord, says to Jacob, your name will no longer be called Jacob, which is supplanter, deceiver, liar, cheater, but rather you will be called Israel because you have struggled with God. The first thing you need to know about winning-ish, graduates, is you're going to struggle with God. 
Some of you I've known for years, I've watched you grow. And I've watched you wrestle with God. I've seen some of these young ladies, two of these young ladies. I've seen them at times when they said, I'm going to do whatever God says. And I've seen them when they've looked at me and said, I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. You know what that is? That's a struggle with God. Now, I haven't watched that with Kelsey's life, but I would bet that Rennie could tell us some, some times when Kelsey was all in and times when Kelsey was like, I'm in with God as long as he doesn't mess with me too much. When, when we begin to understand that our life is going to be full of struggles, you guys have had struggles with God. You've had times, I know Chrislyn has. You've had times when God just come down and like, Right? Yeah. Should I just? Okay. okay. It's a fight sometimes. It's a struggle. But it's what leads us to a life of winning. We begin to become victorious, not just because everything goes smoothly. We have Sometimes that we have to struggle with God. Oh, hey, Jacob knew what it meant to struggle with God. He knew what it meant to lay down to try to get some sleep because everything was falling apart. And all of a sudden, God gives him a vision. And he sees the angels ascending and descending on the ladder. And he, ra- he wakes up and he sets up the rock pillow as, a, as an altar and says, This is... The place where God is. This is Penal. This is the place. Uh, this is, uh, excuse me, Bethel. This is the place, the house of God. This is where God connects man and himself. Hey, he has struggled with that. But hear what he says. Is how I know he struggled with God. He said, God, if, if you will go with me and if you'll be before me and if you will bless me and if you will take care of me, then I will be your servant. What he was doing is he was wrestling with God before he ever got to that field. Before he ever got to the place to physically wrestle with the Lord, he was already wrestling saying, God, if you'll do this, I'll do it. If you'll bless me. How many of us have been on down that road where we say, God, if you will. If you will take care of me, if you will bless me, if you'll heal me, if you'll deliver me, if you'll let me pass algebra. Thanks. If you'll you'll let me, if you'll let me get a piece of paper, God, if you'll let me get one more degree, okay, maybe two more. If if you will do this, then I will be your servant. Let me tell you something. We sometimes tell people, don't fight with God. But God says, listen, I gave Jacob victory because he struggled with me. Come on, come on, come 
I gave him victory because he held on and he said, listen, I want more than what I've got. You know what the problem is with a lot of church people and the things I want y'all to stay away from is quit getting satisfied with where you're at. Mm, Don't be happy with the shake. Come on. I like the shake. Well, I like those shakes too, but. That, that's great. That's the power of God. But don't let that be everything you've got. See, our problem is we haven't contended with God. We haven't wrestled with God. And when God gives us one little blessing, we think, oh, that's all I need. Don't be satisfied with the word. Don't be satisfied with a shout. Don't be satisfied with a dance. But always be coming back saying, God, give me more, give me more, give me more, give me more. I will not let go. I want to hang on when Jacob finds himself alone. And we're going to talk about that in the next point a little bit. But he finds himself alone. And this man comes and wrestles with him all night long. The man looked up and saw daybreak was coming and realized that Jacob wasn't giving up. He reached out and he touched the socket of his hip and said, that'll stop him. And Jacob held on tighter. He said, let go of me. It's about morning. And Jacob said, I will not let go of you until you bless me. See, our problem is we think it's enough to wrestle with God. And all we get in his presence, we go, oh, thank you, Jesus. And God says, I want a, I want a people. I want a church that will hold on to me and say, hey, I love the presence. Hey, I love the fight. Hey, I love the scrap. But I'm not giving up. I'm not letting go until you give me a blessing. Until you report. God wants us to be more. He says, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God, and I like this one, and with men. Now, I know a few of you would love to struggle with some men, but that's another story. Look at them, they all got real quiet, like, hold on. Don't talk about that. There's husbands coming. I'm not setting you up, Justin. Trust me. I'm not setting you up. I'm just saying there's husbands coming. But he told Jacob, he said, you struggle with God, but you struggle with men. Boy, if anybody knew about struggling with men, and by men I mean mankind, Jacob understood that. The Bible says that when his mother was carrying him in the womb, when Rebekah was pregnant, said that the two twins in her belly fought each other. Ooh, now I ain't never had twins. I ain't never had a single, but that matter. But I remember, I think it was Michael. One of my boys, I don't know, that was a long time ago. I remember one of my boys would run across Best Belly. I'd see feet. And it was weird. And Beth would go, oh, they're active. 
He's active. I think it was Michael because Anthony came so early. I don't think he was barely moving before he was born. But they, they were active. I can't imagine what it had been like with two of them. And then two of them that were fighting. They were fighting each other. And the prophecy came to Rebecca. There are two nations in contention inside your womb. They're angry with each other. And the younger, the older will serve the younger. These two are fighting to be powerful. And when the time for birth came, Esau came out first, but Jacob came holding on to the heel. He was still trying to stop it. I want to be first. From birth, he had contention. He, he challenged his brother. He, he deceived his brother and stole his birthright. He deceived his father and stole the blessing. Oh, he, he, he had victory. No, he didn't. After all that, he has to go out on the run because his brother says, I'm going to kill you. When our daddy's dead, you're gone. And, 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 and so his mother says, run and hide. Go to my, go to my brother's house. And he runs. It was on that trip where he saw the ladder I talked about a while ago. He said, God, if you'll protect me, I'll serve you. Then he got the payment. For his deception. The deceiver became the deceived. His, his uncle deceived him. And tried to get, tried to get him to, to, to he, he wanted to marry uh, 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 Rachel. And, and, and he worked seven years for the right to marry Rachel. And then when it came the wedding night, he got up the next morning and looked. And uh, it was the lazy-eyed one. Poor lady, the Bible, when the Bible calls you ugly, you ugly. I mean, when the, when the Bible calls you ugly, and the Bible says she was poor in appearance. And the dad said, look, we can't marry off the younger before the older. You keep the ugly one, and I'll give you the good-looking one. But you'll have to work seven more years. The deceiver become deceived. He's still struggling. He's still struggling. Everything he does is a struggle. Every interaction he has with mankind is a struggle. I'm going to tell you, your days of struggling aren't over. Oh, the tests are going to get harder. Good thing you like to read because you're going to read a lot and stuff you don't want to read. Have you ever seen a book for marine biology? Okay. I can't even, I can't hardly read C-Spot Run. I couldn't read, you know, book. <laughs> Dear Lord, they got words longer than whole books I read. It's going to get harder. I got news for you. Right now, you think you're pretty good with music. Get to Nashville. And you're going to go, oh, I used to be first chair. Now I just want to get in the orchestra. I, I, I'm not cutting your ability. Lord, help. 
They won't even let me watch an orchestra. I play, I play two instruments. I can play the radio, and I can play my nose. I can pick at and blow it. But anyway. So, struggles become real. Struggles become real. They become a part of what life is. And all of a sudden, you quit being young, nice young ladies like you are, and you start being old people like me. You go, ugh. The older you get, the struggles become more real. Thank you. you think I'm lying? Sometimes it's a struggle to get up out of that recliner. It hurts. It's a struggle to keep your vision, to keep your dreams out there because people have come and they fought your dreams and a professor is going to tell you, oh, you're not an A student anymore, you're a C student. Or a conductor is going to tell you, oh, you're not what you thought you were. Oh, I know I've been there. I've been doing what I do since I was 17 years old. I've been preaching the gospel since I was 17. I remember the days when I was the, the young kid. And everybody's like, oh, this kid's a great preacher. He's a pretty good evangelist. And oh, we want oh, is that wild? They just heap and praise at my feet. And then somewhere down the line, I quit being the kid. They started being, man, what's your problem? Why haven't you? You don't preach like T.D. Jakes does. You don't preach like this one, that one, or the other one. You don't fill a building up. You don't fill up a church like this pastor or that pastor does. And men attack you. Joseph, excuse me, Jacob has so been in contention with men that now he finds himself alone. Why is he alone? Because he sent everything he owns ahead of him in several ways because he's coming back home. And Esau is on his way to see him. The last word that Esau told Jacob was, I'm going to kill you. And now Jacob is coming back. He's hid everybody he loves. He's given away to Esau everything else he has. And now he finds himself alone in the night wondering if Esau's going to find him and kill him before morning. And all of a sudden, a man comes up and wants to fight. And he begins to wrestle. But he doesn't give up. He doesn't let go. And the angel of the Lord says... Your name is no longer Jacob, but your name is Israel. For you have struggled with God, and you have struggled with men, and you have prevailed. What? I cannot find, until this verse, any place that I would say Jacob had won a fight. He ran out. He put stipulations on God. He ran away from men. Everything he did seemed to be a struggle. Even leaving his wife's father, his uncle, he left under contention. He left at night. He was chased down. 
Now he's waiting to die at the hands of his brother who he's cheated. Show me where he's won. He won because he didn't give up. Winning-ish happens when you win by losing. You want to be great? Be the least. What did Jesus do? Jesus had the right to hold a crown on his head. He had the right to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He left the throne in glory, but when he got to earth, he took a towel and he washed the feet of his disciples. You're going into a new place in life. Don't go in waiting for people to serve you, but go in finding people you can serve. If you want to be a winner-ish, in man's eyes, you will become a victor in God's eyes. Oh, if you will become a servant, if you will serve those under you, not... I'm not just talking about serving those people that that are important enough to give you something because you did something for them. I'm talking about find the people that are the lowest place and serve them. Find the... You have a servant's heart. And you serve. And you serve the pastor a lot. You make slides for me. You do things on that computer. I don't even have to worry about it anymore. I mean, luckily, Proclaim can be done online. So I'll send you stuff, and you can just fix it. But don't just serve a pastor. Don't, don't go to Central Methodist University and find a church. Yeah, find a church. Find a church. But don't just serve the pastor. Find that person nobody else wants to. Find that teenage girl that's shy in that church and show her how to do something. Serve her. Don't just serve people that can help you. Find the people that that can't help you. Find the people that could hurt you and serve them. That's how you become victorious. You win by losing. What the angel of the Lord said to Jacob is, your name is not Jacob anymore, it's Israel. There's something greater for you in your future. There's something greater for you coming in history. History will remember Jacob the deceiver, but it will always talk about the children of Israel, the children of your blessing. Not because... Your prevailing wasn't that you were stronger than men. You were stronger in God. It was that you wouldn't let go. You wouldn't give up. We need to get to a place that we quit giving up on God. We quit giving up on men. Some of us in this house have given up on God. God, I gave you a chance. I asked you, I told you if you would do this, I would follow you. And you haven't taken care of it. I don't care anymore. Let me tell you something. Grab a hold of tight on to God and don't give up on him. Your miracle, your victory, your 
Some of you have given up on men. You've given up on your parents. You've given up on your kids. You've given up on your neighbors. You've given up on your co-workers. You've given up on the church. You've given up on your pastor. You've given up on the worship leader. You've given up on people. Why? Because people have hurt you. I got news for you, honey. People are going to hurt you. But hang on and hold We have got to win by losing. Jesus said, if a man would be great, he must first become the least. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. I'm not talking about being beat up. I'm not talking about being walked on. I'm talking about humility that says God has got me and I've got him and as long as I hold on to him, everything's going to be okay and it doesn't matter if I walk out the door first or I walk out the door last. As long as I walk out the door with Jesus Christ, that's all that matters in my life. Then all of a sudden you begin to walk in victory. You begin to walk in power. You begin to understand that the giving is more important than the receiving. You begin to understand the serving is more important than the Lord you may be a winner ish in this life but when you walk into heaven the Lord will say enter in my good and faithful servant you have been faithful over a few things and I'll make you ruler over many you, you, you've lived your life not looking to win in this life but looking to win in that life We have laid our treasures up. In this life, they'll say, oh, you're a winner-ish. Oh, yeah, yeah. But in God's eyes, we become victorious. We become powerful. When you complete this phase, you've already graduated. You're one week away. When this phase is over, celebrate it. Enjoy it. I think I told you a few weeks ago, be 22. And it drives me crazy every time I realize that my son is the same age she is. Because I don't think my son's that smart. <laughs> I don't know, though. Last night he put up a video from the boat telling me all the stuff he did. And I was like, I don't have a clue what he's talking about. I felt so stupid. I was like, what in the world? But enjoy life. But remember, it's about winning-ish in this life. So we become victorious in the next life. It's about trusting. Some of you are sitting in the sound of my voice. And you've been too concerned about winning in this life. It's always been about the new car, the new house, the, 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 the new husband, the new wife. It's been, about, it's been about this, that, or the other. It's been about the new job. It's been about the money, the checkbook. It's been about people looking at you and going, oh, wow, they got it all together. I don't think anybody's ever said that about me. Oh, 
I'm going to tell you something. Winning. Winning is not about what you find here. It's about what's up there. And what's up there only comes from right here. Winning is found in eternity. But it can only be sought through a heart. Let's put our lives in the hand of God. Let's hold on. Jacob never won a fight, but he was victorious. Now, just to finish up the story, in case you don't go home and read it, which you should, the next morning Esau shows up. But Esau didn't kill him. He wrapped his arms around him. Loved him. John Gray says something in his book that I found amazing. He says, when we hear the lineage of God, we hear he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But when we hear about the, the uh, legacy or the inheritance of Jacob, it's always in the terms of Israel, the children of Israel. And he said, isn't it great to know that the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, is also the God of the, of the deceiver, or the one that struggled, the one that hurt, the one that, that, that had a hard time. But the legacy that will go forward is the new name, the new name of Israel. He is your God today, but he's given both of you a legacy. And that legacy is not found in your talent. It's not found in your quietness. It's not found in what you can do on a computer. It's not found in what books you can read or what instrument you can play or song you can sing. That legacy is found in God's hand in your life. Let it live. Let it live. Let's bow our heads together. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come to you right now. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your peace. And I thank you for your victory. Lord, I pray that you would allow us to be victorious. This life may think that we're only winning-ish, but Lord, your life, your power calls us victorious because we have struggled with God and we have struggled with men and we have prevailed. We haven't let go. We haven't stopped. Lord, we will trust you for the things we can't see, but we will not let go. Till you bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being here this morning. Please uh, be back tonight at 6 o'clock. It's our, it's our monthly prayer, prayer service. I want you to be a part of that. And don't forget leadership meeting tomorrow night at 7. Shake hands, be friendly. Tell somebody you love them. Everybody, God loves them. You're dismissed.